Anybody else hear any good news? Okay, I got to, well, but, I don't want too much all of a sudden. Well, yes, I mean, even good news can give you anxiety sometimes you can't handle it. Uh, the best news and the reality is that if it's had, if you've had some difficulty, and if you haven't had any, you haven't, you've been somewhere else probably. But you have a heavenly Father who's going to remove all mixture in you and me. And, and there's some things that are just too precious. And I, uh, they're hard for him to get my hands off them. And, uh, but we have to, if we don't understand that, we don't understand the program. He hates a mixture. And the way through it is the cross. And he's got, it's, he has it for, for you and me. Uh, and it's a special formula that all of us get from God who has you know, millions of angels and the power of his love if we believe in it. There's nothing that, that's a mix in you. But if you cry to your God, if I cry to him, I can, I can get that help. But if I realize that I'm not my own, it, it, it gives me a little bit of a head start. Because I've, I've mixed that up over the years. And we have a lot of folks here who, who really need to get that straight. And I'm telling you, it's a very, very difficult thing if you think you, uh, you own the direction, the highway, the getting up, the going down, and, and all of this. So as you stand before him tonight, if you could talk to him about that and tell him you can't do these things because you can't, but he can. And when you ask him, when you ask him to take care of something with all seriousness, and I've had ugly things or relationships that, oh my goodness, I, I was, I, I'd never share them. You're not going to get a testimony from me about my ugliness. I would take too long. But when I trust him, after I've asked him with seriousness of purpose, I've seen him move. And that's where the, the excitement and the joy is because it is not just information and cultural experience and Bible meetings and praise the Lord and all the cultural stuff we can get mixed up in and think that something is really happening when it isn't, it goes away. Because <laughs> yesterday I was on the phone, or what happened uh, in the morning? Uh, I got a phone call. No, I got a call. Who, who was speaking? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear the word. Even. I'll have to hear it. But uh, I came back, and what I was dealing with was exactly uh, what was on the phone to show me how close God is. And when He's that close, don't we rejoice? We say, "Oh, that's exciting!" And it's nobody. You know, it doesn't mean anything to anybody else, but it but it does to you. God help us. He is fully intended to deliver you from all things that offend you. God help us. And, and I, I'm, I'm us, okay? Me too, okay? God help us. Father, we stand tonight and we ask you for the peaceful transition of our sister. We know that you care. We know that you will do this. And so, dear God, by your power and by your might, release her in a way that is, is after your heart. 
the immediacy and, and a, a lack of suffering for Jesus' sake, we ask it. And we ask you, Lord, for all the mixture and the, and the stuff that's still hanging on that we could have shaken off like a snake. Please, bring us to that. Touch us in the worship tonight as we, as we praise you with full hearts for Jesus' sake.
um, trying to get myself to the place of believing that God gives us everything we need. Well, let me restate that. He does give us everything we need. What I have a hard time believing sometimes is that everything might come my way, I need. There's a difference. And unfortunately, you know, we say that when we, we believe it, I think, that, you know, he, he gives us what we need. But unfortunately, I just don't always, in the middle of it, see it as his hand in my life. And uh, I don't know about you, but when things are going well, it's, it's, it's easy to have faith and have, you know, believe that, he's, you know, everything is great and everything is going well. And, but when the test comes, that's really where it counts. Do I accept these things from, from, as something from his hand? Or is it something that just is happening to me and I'm not getting involved in the process? And that's a, it's a hard thing to come to sometimes. I mean, um, you know, I've, I've listened to a, a word that, that David gave at one of the recent conventions. And he said, uh, he said, I've, it's one thing when you're in the praises and you're, you know, the Lord like met us tonight and you feel close to him and he's, he's blowing in your sails. But he said, I've done more lying in a praise service than I've done anywhere else. <laughs> Because you get in the middle of the, the times of refreshing and the times of his in your sails, and it's like, God, I will never, I will, I will always, I will, whatever it is. And what happens? The next day, that was a lie, you know? And we have to come to the place, I have to come to the place that in the middle of the circumstance, in the middle of the test, I realize and I accept that all things are from his hand and he has my good in mind because that's that's where the growth happens. Um, I really I appreciate um, last week when uh, uh, Steve and Mary actually both talked about sheep and shepherds and, and how you know we're like sheep and God's our shepherd and you know the the picture is pretty obvious and it when I was when I was growing up, um, we had we had like a hundred ewes and a couple rams that we took care of. My, my dad was one of the main for a while. He was one of the main shepherd guys, and so I, I hung out with the sheep quite a bit and got to see firsthand some of the some of the craziness that goes on with sheep. Um, I mean, it's kind of like that with any animal, but they, you know, when, when they, when there's so many of them together, they can get such a herd instinct, and, you know, you get in the middle of them, they can just, you know, with a little kid, they just plow you over, they're all bunched up and trying to get somewhere, and, and the cacophony that happens when you, the shepherd shows up with food or whatever, it's just, it's just deafening, but they are really kind of dumb, and just can't, I mean, we had this place, um, it was probably, I don't know, half a mile, kid okay, always seems farther away, but, where we had this, this, this corral up there, and we'd go up there every day and herd the sheep and let them pasture. And, you know, had a horse that we'd herd them with and a sheep dog and the whole thing. And it was, it was kind of an adventure, you know, cooking your PBJ over the fire when you're out there for lunch. And it was, you know, it was an adventure. But just all the care that has to go into the sheep, they don't know what to eat. They don't, you're trying to help them, and they're trying, they're doing everything they can to get away and to, and to, to you know, resist that help that's coming. And, you know, the rams, I think, uh, the famous incident was that here last summer when Sister Ann got <laughs> running with a ram and uh, made his rounds. But she got help from uh, one of our neighbors who was helping her out. But we had a ram like that too that was uh, ornery. And you know, he'd, he'd get back and he'd, he'd run, try to run people over. And uh, I remember my dad a couple times, when that guy was getting ornery, he would just grab him and flip him over on his back, and he would just rub on his belly and just tell him, "Oh, you're not all that," and you're just completely humiliate this ram. Like he thought he was king, and when the shepherd came and flipped him over, just you know, gave him a good talking to and kind of 
know, fondled his, his uh, soft parts there, you know, and when he'd, get, he'd turn back over, he'd, he'd, he'd walk around his head down, and he just, he'd been put in his place. But just how much we're like sheep, and we just don't know what we need. And when the shepherd comes along to help us, we have to have ourselves in a place that we can submit to and take the help that he's giving to us. The only way that we can really be involved and get the benefit of the things we go through is if we're engaged. You know, sometimes I can just check out of a test and say, this is happening to me, and, you know, if I'm not engaged in the process that's going on, I can completely miss what's going on. And, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this for a little while, and the, la the last two days have been, like, two days from hell. I mean, honestly, it's just been one thing after another of issues on the job, and, and in the middle of it, you just got to kind of laugh and say, <laughs> You know, here, this is what's on my mind, is that God gives me what I need. And am I really accepting and, 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 and thankful for what he's dropping in my lap today? Yeah. You know, yesterday, um, we've had this ongoing issues with the door supplier, and these door orders come in and wait for them a long time, and finally get to installing them, and a bunch of hardware's messed up. We hit one of those yesterday. Um, wow. Right after I found out that problem, I was... We're cleaning out some stuff, and I was walking into a load dumpster, and I knocked myself in the head. I got this big, not sore head on this. And that, and then the electricians were supposed to have something ready to turn the air conditioners on. They said they'd been done the day before, and they actually came down to it. They weren't done. And then one of our office staff out there kind of had a little side swipe in a parking lot with a company truck, and that happened and it turned out the registration was, it wasn't, it wasn't Rachel's problem, it was a different vehicle. The registration had been lapsed and so it was just, it's like one thing after another. It's like, and after a while you just had, kind of have to laugh. It's like, God, you know, you said, do I believe it? Do I believe that the good, the stuff that's coming my way is for my good? And I have to get to the place where I accept the things. There's got to be a purpose in what's going on. It's not just happenstance. God, you've set these things before me, and I have to get the benefit in the middle of that. And, you know, even there's, we, this morning we were talking about, you know, just planning for the future. And um, there's a lot of, a lot of ideas that get floated around. And, you know, I've, I've, I've kind of had a firsthand look at some of these, you know, the issues with um, needs in our midst in the last, I don't know, it's been four years at least at our house where we, you know, started with, with uh, Sister Donna and you know, the situation we have there now. And you get the, the up-close personal, or up-close examples of what the stuff we were talking about this morning. And it's like we, we kick out all these ideas and, and um, every idea that comes across, I mean, they're, they're, they're just, you see the logistical problems with that idea, you know, and trying to figure this all out. And the thing that I come to is a lot of times in, the, in these times we have together a planning, it's like we don't, we, we know what, sort of what we need, but we don't really know what we need. And hopefully when we're, when we're sharing with each other and, and, and sharing and, and coming, trying to come to the mind of God, something in that meeting is going to spark the aha moment that happens that gets it. God, yes, that's the way. That's what yeah. we need. And that's, that can be in the, in the, in the, in the times of, of trouble, in the times of the test. That's what I need in the middle of that. It's, yes, God, that's what you're getting your finger on. That's what, that's what I have to get out of the circumstance. Because that, that makes it all worth it. That makes it worth the time, worth the trouble, and the things that I go through. Um, I want to look at a scripture over in John 16. there's anything wrong with, with planning um, and trying to be wise with the things that are ahead of us. Mm -hmm. But 
in the middle of that, we have to realize that we don't necessarily know. We don't have the answers. But, uh, you know, if I ever don't know what to read in the Bible, and go through Proverbs. Just just pick a couple of Proverbs to read. I get, um, there's so much in there, just these pithy little statements, but there's also a lot of humor. That's actually my kind of humor. It's kind of deadpan some of the ways that things are said. And, um, it, it's, it's, it's pretty, it can be entertaining if you don't have something else to read in the Bible and you get some good stuff out of it along the way. But it talks a lot of, about in there about the, 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 the benefit of the wisdom, the wise store up, it says one of them says, the wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool invites ruin. It said, you know, it talks about seeking wisdom. And one of them, uh, in one version, says, The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but the fools gulp theirs down. And, you know, there's, there's benefit to, to planning ahead and saying, God, what's ahead of us? What do you have for us? And, and trying to do the best with what we have and say, God, what, what's, what, what's coming up? What do we need to know? What do we need to be looking out for? How do we need to plan for the future? But in the middle of that, we got to know that we, you know, we, we can put our best effort out there and our best guess and our best, you know, assembling our knowledge and our collective. But really, God knows the answers, and we have to seek Him to find those things. And that's that's hard to do sometimes, but it's it's where it's at. And this the scripture. Um, this is uh, John sixteen, and this verse is. It's been stuck. I've been stuck here for a while, just trying to figure out what is really going on here. Jesus is talking. You know, we've read a lot in John 17, where Jesus is praying for everybody. It's a powerful chapter. Um, let's see, where do I want to start here? But uh, verse four it says, "But these things I have told you, that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you." In this next verse, it says, But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. I think that this is the new King James. King James says, it is expedient that I go away. And if you stop there, I mean, obviously he's talking about his... his death on the cross. But if you think about that in light of God, why is it expedient that he goes away? You know, it says he's never going to leave us and never forsake us. You know, why is it expedient that he goes away? The next line says, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And what I found for myself is a lot of the battle is in that semicolon right there. It's expedient that I go away, but I will send the helper. And sometimes there's a good there's a good five minutes between those two things happening, right? I mean, or a good five years. I mean, there could be time between. When it feels like God has gone away. And when he sends the help that I'm looking for. But in that parenthesis of time, in that semicolon, that is where a lot of things get worked out. In the, um, we've said it before, but... Um, the, the things that we, the things that, that come to purify us, to test us, that's where the benefit is. And, and that, that's where the life comes from. And does anybody know what this is? This is a sequoia, a giant sequoia cone. And these things are really hard. Here you go, Terry. Okay. Pass it around if you want. Those things are so hard. <laughs> How 
many have, how many have seen a sequoia tree? Pictures? A few people have seen them. Sister Betty seen them. I saw them when I was down in, in California doing that job a few years ago. The General Sherman, I don't know if you, it's, it's the biggest by volume tree in the world. This thing is huge. You can't, it's just, it's huge, massive. It's not the tallest one, but it's the, it's the biggest by volume. And those, those trees are huge. There's, I mean, you could build a whole neighborhood out of one of these trees. But that tiny little hard pine cone, or sequoia cone right there, is where these seeds come from. And, you know, these trees live for a long time. But the thing that makes that, that cone right there, the only thing that can break it out of a shell and break it apart to get through that hard, that hard shell that the seeds are inside there is fire. And these days, you know, we're so, all the forestry and everything, they're, they're so, uh, you know, putting out the fires right away that it's, it's actually harming the sequoia trees right. because they do controlled burns or whatever. But the thing that makes that life is that cone going through the fire, busting open and, and, and being able to, to drop those seeds and, and bring forth new life. And that's such a picture, if I can keep that in my head, God, the things that you, the hard things that you bring my way are for my benefit. You know what I need in the middle of a situation. You know what it takes to get this heart soft enough for you to do your work. And that's such a hard thing to believe in the middle of that. It's expedient that I go away. It's expedient that seemingly I've left you. I've turned my back. I've left you in this circumstance. I've put this circumstance in your path. But he does it because he's going to send a helper. And that's, that's the faith that i got to have. In the middle of that thing, he is, he's providing the help that I need to get through any certain situation. And, you know, I, I, think, I think along the way, it's pretty dangerous of us if we compare or, or, or evaluate where I am in life or where I am with God. Because, you know, we've been talking a lot about growth and we can't, we're in the new man, and but, but I, I can't, it, it's so hard for me to evaluate where I am. God, why aren't I farther along? Why am I still stuck in the same reaction? Why am I still yada yada, whatever it is? But, you know, the, another picture that we can think about is I know a lot of us, um, a lot of you folks are way more into it than me, but do some stuff with the stock market. And what's, what's really wild is um, you can go to your, your page or whatever and it has these comparisons of, you know, one week, one day, one, one month. You know what I mean? The stock market's going up and down with a little jagged line of the stocks. And you look at one day, and it's like, man, this is looking really good. And then you hit the one week, and it zooms out a little bit. And actually, it's on a downward trend. But then you can zoom out even farther in the last six months. Actually, it's gone way up. It just, you know, there's such a different perspective when I'm... Stuck right here on one day, what's happening right now. When God's picture of what's going on in, in, the, in the vast, um, the vast uh, purpose of his will, I can be completely <coughs> opposed to where I think I am, where I, you know, what I'm looking at right now. When he zooms out, it's like, God, thank you that you see beyond where I am right now. You see beyond the circumstance that I'm going through right now. You see... Beyond the weakness and, the, and the, the frailty and the complete whatever it is that I feel right now, you see the end from the beginning. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that he sees beyond the here and now and the thing that I'm going through right now. We can't evaluate. You know, sometimes I evaluate myself, but I actually get stuck in evaluating some of you, unfortunately. Have you ever done that? Good, Nelson. I know you have. <laughs> so, using yourself as a measuring stick is kind of a little funny. You know, it's I do it sometimes though when you're on the highway and everyone that's going slower than you is a slowpoke or a Sunday driver, and anybody that passes you is a speed demon and reckless. You know, I'm I'm the standard that all should be judged by. You know, that's a safe one. But there's a lot of other things that we can say, oh man, I'm glad, and, and I'll turn 
you don't have to you don't have to look here, but I just want to read this to you. This is really funny. This is in Luke 18. But we can't we can't use ourselves and we're not the measuring stick. I can't evaluate where I am. You know, we have to take stock. We have to be smart. We have to, you know, listen to God. But I can't I can't evaluate the, the work that he's doing in my life. If I'm if I'm engaged, if I am uh, if I'm engaged with what he's doing, he's going to he's going to make me get the benefit out of it even though I don't see it. But when we when we use ourselves as a measuring stick, we get to be like this guy here. And this is um this is Luke 18, verse 10. It says, Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector here. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. And the other guy, standing far off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Now here's a guy that thought he had it all together. And what it says here is he was praying thus with himself. You know? I don't know if his prayers are getting past the ceiling. But he sure made a, a statement that everybody around him could hear what was going on. But that's where I am in, in the middle of I could be if, if I'm evaluating everybody else based on my thoughts or my, you know, we have to we have to judge the spirits and all that stuff. But I'm not the standard. You know, I have to say, God, show me what you're doing in the middle of this. Everybody, you know, what, what, I've, what I've learned is that everybody's got a story. We can't, we evaluate what other people are going through or reactions or the way they deal with their kids or, I mean, you name it, whatever it is, I think I can see it so well from over here. But everybody's got a story. You don't know what's going on in the middle of that situation. And, and we can't judge each other because we don't know the inner workings of what's going on in the story that's being written in their heart and, and the way they're dealing with God at any given time. So we can't use ourselves as a measuring stick. And, you know, it's... We can't, we can't really evaluate how God's dealing with ourselves or other people. You know, I, I kind of feel like um, I have to live with myself, so... I know what's going on in my head and what's my shortcomings, my my sins, my whatever it is. I know that. And I can kind of, you know, whatever God chooses to send my way, affliction or whatever it is, I can say, hey, I deserve it. You know, hey, yep, I can see why that would have come my way. But sometimes when stuff happens to people that you love, you can't. You don't see the same things. Like God, what are you? Why are you putting that on them? Why are you causing them to go through that thing? I was. You know, there's there's situations in our midst that we don't understand. We can't we can't wrap our heads around why people have to go through certain things. But in the middle of those things. I gotta trust that God is there bringing the help. And there's, you know, no, nothing can really touch you like situations with your, you know, those that are closest to you. Um, you know, stuff with with your kids, with people you love. You, you don't understand. It's like God, what, what, what's the deal? What, why? You know, I was, I was talking to some some guys I I trust the other day. I was, you know, relating a situation and concerns and I, I had and I kind of poured my heart out a little bit too much in, in retrospect but I, I was like you know I, I can't understand this, this person is is so relied on and so gives so much and is whatever why would God I can't understand why would God do this but I went away from that and I thought man that, that's such a whiny immature response if I'm thinking about it from a spiritual perspective I don't know what that person needs I don't know what's going to get them where they need to be on their path but in the middle of it I, I can't, I, can't I, I have to get myself in a place in my own heart where it's like God I trust you I know that you have my good in mind at the end of it, at the end of this situation wherever it comes to, wherever it goes I don't know the end I can't see it now 
but I trust you that your work is good and you have my good in mind. You know, nothing can, uh, I think when, and, and nothing can really get you like stuff with your kids. I was never, um, I was never big on the old, uh, you know, this is going to hurt me more than it is you, type of thing. It was, this is what you need. It's, yeah, it's, you know, it wasn't really my, my modus operandi. But when your kids get older, and, and, you know, big people stuff starts happening to them, and older type stuff, you can see in the middle of that, it's like, man, God, why can't I be the one to bear whatever situation, you know? Why can't you put that on me and, and, and protect, you know, nothing can get you like your kids, but even in the middle of that, I, we have to get to the place where we, we can relinquish and let go and say, God, even my kids, you know what they need. I don't know what they need. You know, I did what I could for them, and hopefully it was the right thing, and they're going to go off and do something else, but, but you have their good in mind in the middle of that. Whatever you decide to take them through, whatever test that's personalized and tailor-made for them, you have their good in mind in the middle of that. Even though I don't understand it, I can't explain it, I can't, but you have their good in mind. And that is so vital for us to, to hold on to and, to and to get a hold of. I want to look over in, um, let's, let's turn over to Luke 22. This is, um, we'll start in, we'll just, just reference it here. In verse 24, the disciples are talking about who's going to be the greatest. And I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. This is right before Jesus goes to the cross or the garden, you know, and they're, they're bickering about who's going to be the greatest. And he's, you know, he's got a lot on his mind. He knows that he knows what's coming. And just the, the frivolity and the, the banal conversation of just, you know, who's going to be the greatest. But I was really struck by, when you get to verse 31, it says, the Lord said, you know, Peter, he's the guy that's the greatest and standing up and go get her done and all that. I mean, I, I didn't really relate to Peter. But he says, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. This, he said that to Peter before the denial. And if you read down through the denial, you know, Peter is, oh no, I'm going to stay with you to the end. And we go down through it though, and Peter's like, um, no, I didn't know the guy. A little while later, someone else comes. I said, I don't know. Never met him. And the third time, I said one, it says, it says he was swearing. I do not know the man. Three times in the middle in that test, and even before that, Jesus knew it was going to happen. But what's, what is so incredible here is that I've prayed for you. I know this test is coming. I've prayed for you. That in the middle of that test, your faith would fail not. When you come to the realization of how frail and how needy you are, and how completely bereft of anything you have sometimes in a situation, before that happened, he said, I, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail in the middle of that test. And he says, and when you have returned, when you have returned, not if, it's when you have returned, turn and strengthen your brother. That's the same thing that he wants for us in the middle of our test. I, I have, I've set this circumstance before you. I've, I've set the hardship. I've set this thing before you. But I'm giving you what you need in the middle of that. I'm praying for you that in the middle of that test, your faith will not fail. And when you get through it, you'll have something to give somebody else. That is the, that is the difference between when it seems like God has turned away and he sends the helper. In the middle of that test, 
He's got what I need to take him through. And I can't imagine, um, you know, I mean, this there's just an awful circumstance here, you know, going through the trial and the beating and, you know, watching Jesus. And, but in here in verse... Uh, Verse 60 of Luke 22 says, But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And it says, The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Wow. Can you imagine that look? Have you ever felt that look? I mean, I know growing up, I could get the look from. My mom was pretty good at it. There's something that wasn't right. She gave me a look and stuff would come in order pretty quickly. This is on a different level. So the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And I'm sure his heart just melted at that point. It says he went away and wept bitterly. But you know, you know, that look that the Lord gives us it's not to destroy us. It's not to condemn us and keep us in a place in the middle of our battle, in the middle of our failings, in the middle of our weakness, in the middle of whatever he's taking us through. It's to say, don't let your faith fail. I see your shortcomings. I see your failings. I know you can't do this. I, I created the program. You can't do this on your own strength. Even though I told you beforehand that it was coming. And you fell down in the middle of it. The look is saying, God, is he saying, pick yourself up. Don't stay in that place. Come up higher. This, this is for your benefit. It's for your good that I'm taking you to this place. And that I'm putting this thing in your path. And in that place, he says, come on. When, when, you, when you get the benefit out of that circumstance, when you get the benefit out of that dying, out of that place of despair, you're going to have something to offer to somebody else. And I'm so, I'm so blessed that we have that opportunity here um, to share with each other and to, to be able to pour back and forth to each other in, in, in the places that God has taken us to. But don't lose heart in the middle of those circumstances because he said, you know, here he says, I'm bringing this test on, but I've, before it's even happened, I'm telling you what's going to happen. I'm praying for you. I'm interceding. I'm giving you what you need every day that you can get through the test and get to where you're going. Come through it on the other side with something to offer. We don't really, we don't, we don't know what we need. You know, I've, some of the other things I've, I've thought of with, you know, this morning I've, I've thought about it again. It's just, you know, all, all down through our, our history, and there's been so many people that have come through this place that have been here for a time and, 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 and given part of their life and given their sacrifice and their talents to build this place, and they've moved on. You know, if, if you look at the, the history of how God has taken care of us in, in so many, you know, I was thinking Larry Taylor came at a very yeah. crucial time of building. And, you know, Diane was here with the kitchen and all that. And, you know, Jason Underhill and all the people that have come through and, and donated something here, laid down their life and, and whatever it's been. There's been so, God knows what, our, what we need all along the way. How, how are we, you know, we get to what's, we're in a completely different time now. But we have to realize that God even knows the rest of the story. And he's going to have the provision along the way that we need to, to accomplish what he, he has ahead of us. We have to yield ourselves and be engaged in the process. <clears throat> um, over in, uh, uh, I don't think we need to turn there. But in Ephesians 6, where it talks about the armor of God. It says, having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your feet shod and your, your helmet on and all that. But I think I've, I've kind of come to the place sometimes of, you know, what more do I have to do? And we've been hearing a lot about, you know, the doing is, I can't do this, but have I not, you know, cast out devils, and have I not fed the sick and visited the whatever it is? You know, haven't I done this? Haven't I done my time? Haven't I, you know, and then we can get so involved in all the spiritual froth of 
whatever it is. And we get to the place that says, what, what more is there? And it says, having done all, stand. Having been through the test, having done all, stand. And I think that's where God's bringing us to now, is that, you know, the test that he takes us through. He meets us in the middle of that. But we just have to come to the place to stand. God, I trust you that you're doing with me what you have. I'm presenting myself as an offering. And I trust you that you're going to do the work. And I think, you know, there's, we can get religious in this too and think, well, you know, try to spiritualize everything. There's, there's consequences to stuff, that, the decisions I make. And sometimes I can find myself in a bad situation. You know, consequences rarely come wrapped with a nice pretty bow and, you know, a nice greeting card. They generally come like a Mack truck and just hits you out of nowhere. And, you know, some of that's my doing. A lot of it's my doing. I mean, I knocked myself on the head because I wasn't ducking low enough. I'm not used to ducking low. I generally can walk under stuff. But that sort of thing, you know, I can't, can't spiritualize everything, but it's, it's like in the middle of it. It's got God, you're getting my attention. What am I going to do with it? Am I going to be engaged with you and accept the things that you're putting in my path? Accept the hardships that you're putting in my path. Am I going to fight it? Am I going to get the benefit of it? That's that's where the that's where the that's where the life is. When you know the fire that comes and breaks those cones open and brings forth life. That's that's where it's at for us. So don't lose heart. You know, don't spend a lot of time doubting that God brings us what we need because we don't see the end from the beginning. We can, we can do what we can to, to plan and to whatever it is and say, God, you know, you're taking me on this path. But ultimately, we have to submit to the process, and he's going to meet us in the middle of it. Amen. It's, uh, it's kind of an Elihu moment. You remember that... Uh, Job was griping. Uh, I mean, more than griping. I don't want to live. Leave me alone. Uh, and many, many other things. And this was the righteous man in the East. And uh, I... It's funny. Uh, one of the things you said... Uh, I think for, I don't know how many years here, I get up in the morning after a phone call or a midday, and I don't need this. That's, that was my, uh, my mantra. But uh, everything God gives, we need. And uh, he never lays anything more on you uh, than what is right. And then it says, because he won't enter into judgment with you. You can't come back and say, that was really a dirty trick, although it feels that way and it looks that way. I've said the same thing. Why? Why this person, Lord? And uh, uh, this is a going home here, but Elihu came in and tried to <coughs> stop this. And you're saying things, and I was thinking as you're bringing the word tonight, thanking the Lord for our, us being together and and we can go to people who are hurting or hurting themselves. And I thought about the comment of our little sister who said, get over it. Because she, I'm sure she heard that from her daddy. But uh, she'll have to come to that herself just because she can say it. But, uh, and this is not a warm thought but I want to send you home with it because I think it, 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 it's a summary and it is this Elihu that came in and, and made a pronouncement that was very significant. And uh, he, he starts over here and he says, Job has spoken without knowledge and his words were without wisdom. 
And then he says this, my desire is that Job may be tried unto the end because his answers for the wicked men. For he addeth rebellion unto his sin and he claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. And this is where a thankful heart comes in. And if you're not thankful for all things, and you know, I'm thankful, I'm thankful for all things, Bill. God help us. And dear ones, it's not a warm thought realizing necessarily what that we're going to be tried to the end. But we will be. But the issue is, we, we are in the will. It's already gained for us. And in time, God will bring the full aspect of this to fruition. So thank you for the word. Thank you for the reality that all of us uh, spike and gripe and do this at times. And uh, we want the Lord to teach us to be thankful in all things and know that we really, really need this. I'm sorry, I, I forgot to say one thing. Yeah, when I, I want to say. when I do that at home, I, <laughs> I say, what is going on? I know, but I'm not usually with, <laughs> but this is, a, this is an important part. <laughs> we need to realize is that right after Jesus spoke those words of you know, it's expedient that I go away and I'm going to send the helper he found himself in that same situation on the cross when he was hanging there for me and you even though he knew the end of the story he had to go through that process himself and when he was hanging there with the weight of the world on his shoulders, and he cried out, God, why have you forsaken me? In the middle of that circumstance, God, why have you forsaken me? He knew the end of the story. That's what he came here to do. Didn't make it any easier. But he had to come to grips with that in the middle. He felt like he was forsaken when, when he's like, God, what, what have you left me? What, if, what am I getting myself into? But if he's the pattern son, and he's made the way for us, and we're supposed to be like him, we're going to find ourselves in the same situation. God help us to know that he's not going to leave us half-baked. It's not going to be a half-baked half, half -baked job. And you don't even, you can't know to the degree, and I think that's a significant point too. You don't know the aspect of growth. But the point, one of the points that, that was made tonight is the only way it comes is in the circumstance of the judgment and the dealing that you have to depend on God because we cannot do this without trust. It won't happen. We won't move. We, we can't be thankful in all things. I'm thankful in a lot of things, but I can't say that I've come to that place where I'm thankful for all things. God help us. Thank you, Lord.